Well, allow me to add my word of welcome to you all as we are continuing in our journey together through this series that we're calling Messy Grace, in which we're looking at the relationship between the church and the LGBTQ community. And it is a relationship that's fraught with lots of different questions and concerns. And so this weekend, we want to address one of those questions that I hear many people asking. And the question goes a little something like this. Is being gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer a sin? And I think that there are actually different groups of people who ask that question for very different reasons. The first group of people who ask that question are straight, lifelong church-going, Bible-believing Christians. And they kind of ask that question almost like it's a litmus test, a way of determining if the person that they're talking to kind of fits within their own doctrinal paradigm and biblical conclusions. And really, there's a question behind the question. Uh, the question for them is, do I have to keep listening to this person or do I need to go find another church? But there's another group of people who ask that question, and that's those of the LGBTQ community. And for them, when they ask this question, the question is really more of a welcome sign. It's asking the question, can I really belong here or do I need to go find another church? And the reason why is because many times the church is not a very welcoming community for those in the LGBTQ community. Uh, furthermore, many in the LGBTQ community, as we learned last week, are actually raised in the church and have had some painful reactions when they've come out. And, and actually, their coming out led to them being kicked out of the church community. And so for them, it's kind of a, a welcome sign how you answer the question. Is being gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer a sin determines whether or not they're going to walk in the doors or not, whether they're going to stick around the community or not. And so what I want to do this week, though, is I want to take a step back from the question. Because I think both groups of people are actually asking the question on the basis of a faulty understanding when it comes to this word, sin. You see, typically when we think about sin, we think about sin being about a list of rules of do's and don'ts. You know, sin is when we violate God's commands, right? There's certain things that we're supposed to do, certain things we're not supposed to do. And if we break the rules, then we're a sinner and we're not welcome anymore. But the reality is, is that that's actually not how the Bible talks about sin at all. Sin in the Bible is not simply violating a list of do's and don'ts. Sin isn't simply about doing bad things or failing to do good things. Um, actually, sin is something that goes far deeper. Sin is actually something that goes to the very core of our being. In fact, King David in Psalm 51 puts it this way. He says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. See, what he's saying there is he's saying every single one of us, every human being at our core is a sinner. Uh, what he means by that is that all of us don't live according to God's plan for our lives. Every single one of us would prefer to be on the throne of our own hearts. And we've all bought into the lie in some way, shape, or form that we know better than God, that we know how to do this life better than God. And that's what he means. He says that this actually affects everything about us. It not only affects what we do and don't do, but it affects how we think how we feel, uh, how we live, and, and it goes right down to even affecting our, our, our daily lives to the, to the point of our sexuality. Unless we think that this is simply an Old Testament idea, we find this idea repeated in the New Testament. 
The Apostle Paul in Romans 2 says, for we have all already made, the, so we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. You see, back in Paul's day, that was the determination of whether or not you were welcome in God's family, is whether you were Jewish or you were a Gentile. You know, and, and maybe the question they would ask is, being Gentile a sin? And, and they had this kind of list of rules of do's and don'ts. If you were Jewish and if you abided by those rules, then you were welcomed into the people of God. But what Paul says here is he says that's not the way sin works. Every single one of us is under the power of sin because we're human. Sin is a reality, a state of being that affects everything about who we are and the world that we live in. Paul goes on to say, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, what Paul is really saying here is he's saying we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. Because every single one of us in our hearts is trying to live our lives according to our own plans and to our own ways. And, and again, it, it affects everything about, about our lives, about our being, about who we are as human beings, right down to the level of our sexuality. Doesn't matter if you're straight or gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender or queer or exploring, every single one of us is tainted by sin. Our entire world is broken by it. It's a state of being. And this is something that Jesus actually says when he talks about our sexuality. In his own Sermon on the Mount, he puts it this way. He says, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. Now, I don't know of a single person, gay or straight, who hasn't looked at another human being lustfully who hasn't looked at another human being made in God's image and simply viewed them as an object for their own pleasure. So this is Jesus basically saying, look, sin goes all the way down to the very core of our being. He, he doesn't just talk about it in the context of adultery and sexuality. He talks about it in the context of things like greed and anger and pride. He says everything about who we are, how we think, how we live, what we feel has been touched by the brokenness of sin. And the danger is when we try to make sin nothing more than what we do or don't do. That when we actually say that somebody else's sins are worse than my sins, what we're basically saying is that there's some people who are more deserving of God's love than others on the basis of who they are and what they do. And Jesus has some really harsh words for those who operate this way. He basically says this. He says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You see, I remember when this really came home for me. Shortly after I became a Christian at the age, uh, Christian at the age of 18, I had a very close friend who came out to me, who let me know that he was gay. And he was really struggling with that. He was saying, does me being gay mean that I'm no longer welcome in the church? Because he was raised in the church. He was a part of our youth group. His parents were faithful members of our community. And he was afraid that if he came out, his church would kick him out. Because that's what he'd seen in the world around him. And, and he wrestled with this, and so did I. Because quite honestly, it was almost like the church had a double standard. That when people were cheating on their spouses or got divorced or committed adultery or were trapped in, in certain kinds of sexual addiction, that, that there was grace for them. But that if you were a part of the LGBTQ community, you were out. 
That was the part of the sexuality that, that God wasn't willing to, ch- to touch. It almost set up this standard that, that, er- that straight sex was okay and gay sex was bad. But the reality is, is that it's only God's definition of sexuality that's good and everything else, gay or straight, falls short of that. And the truth is, that's all of us. Every single one of us has fallen short of his standard for our lives. And so we need to get out of this thinking that it's simply that some sins are worse than others because sin, again, isn't about breaking a list of rules. It's about being broken people who desperately need to be forgiven, who in spite of what we've done and who we are, need to find some way of being welcomed into the family of God. I actually remember listening to an interview with one of my favorite pastors, a guy by the name of Tim Keller. And the interviewer was pushing him on this. He basically said, so does, if I'm a homosexual, does that mean that I'm going to hell? And, and Tim Keller stepped back. He says, well, hang on one second. He's like, uh, heterosexuality doesn't get you into heaven. So why in the world would homosexuality send you to hell? He's like, look, it's not that being straight gets you into heaven and being gay sends you to hell. That's not the way Christianity works. And, and to think that, is to totally misunderstand the message of the gospel. It's totally to misunderstand the kind of God that we have and how he interacts with us. And so rather than asking, is being gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer a sin? I think a better question that we have to ask ourselves is how does God treat sinners? Because that's all of us, gay and straight. How does God treat sinners? Which is why, again, I love what King David says in Psalm 103. He says, God does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. See, what David is saying is he's saying, God knows that every single one of us is broken by sin. But he doesn't interact with us or relate to us on the basis of that. In fact, he's a God who deeply desires to remove our transgressions from us, to shower us with his love and his grace and his forgiveness. In fact, that's what Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 3. He says, yes, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then he goes on and says, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. See, what that means is that every single one of us in the church is a broken person. And of all communities, of all places on the face of the planet, it should be the church where it's okay to not be okay. Where it's okay to come and to wrestle with things like your sexuality and gender identity. Where it should be okay to ask tough questions, to wrestle with the parts of us that we don't understand the parts of us that are confusing or difficult, the ways in which we've fallen short or the things that we might be ashamed of and hidden away in the dark. The church of all places is a place where that removes all pride because it says every single one of us is a person who is desperately in need of God's love, grace, and forgiveness. And so if you're sitting here this weekend and you're maybe wrestling with your sexuality or your gender identity and wondering if if the people in the church really knew, would I still be welcome? The answer is an unequivocal yes. Because that's how God welcomes us. He doesn't wait for us to kind of get everything sorted out and figured out before he rescues us. 
He doesn't wait for us to clean up our lives and to conform to some sort of moral standard before he enters into our world. No, Jesus ran into our world to embrace us, to love us, to forgive us, to pay the price for us, to ultimately go to a cross and die for us. And then he rose again to new life and he says, he says now you can know that your sins have been paid for that I've removed your transgressions as far as the East is from the West, that you are welcome into my family, my community. Now, I know that that raises more questions. In fact, I'm sure one of the questions is, so what is God's will? How are we supposed to live in light of our sexuality and our gender identity? And for that, I want to ask you to continue with us in this journey because that's right where we're going next week. We're going to talk about, so how do we live in light of God's forgiveness and grace? What does that mean for us and for how we think about gender identity and sexuality? We're going to be really addressing that next week. But, but what I want to say for this weekend is to know that in the church, no matter who you are, gay or straight, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, you are loved by God in Christ Jesus. And that if you have questions, you can ask them here. You are welcome in this community. And our deepest desire is to walk with you as we learn not only who our God is, but what it means to, to dwell in his grace and to walk with him in faith. And so I want to conclude our time this weekend in a word of prayer. Would you please pray with me? Lord Jesus, we give you thanks that you are our savior, our rescuer, our redeemer, that in you we have grace, forgiveness, mercy, love, and new life. And Lord, we pray that, that we would all realize that the church is a place where it's okay to not be okay, that although every single one of us has fallen short, here we are welcome in your presence. And we pray that you would make us a community that extends that kind of radical love and hospitality to everyone who walks through our doors. That we would learn to walk with each other in the messiness, wrestle through the questions, and live life in community bearing with one another in love. It's in your holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.